very acquainted with the fact I can do nothing without you. Nothing of significance, nothing of value, nothing that really matters if you are not with me. But Lord, I ask you for your holy anointing to help me to bless your people. Lord Jesus, oh God, to lift us all up to live at a higher level, to see things from a higher perspective, that we, oh God, will give our voice to the Spirit of God. And everybody said in Jesus' name, you can be seated. Lions have a significant roar. It is said that a lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away. I was talking to Brother Carroll and sharing with him some of these thoughts. And he said, I can attest to the fact because when I lived in Kansas, one of my neighbors had a cat, had a lion as a pet, caged in his backyard. And he said on a clear night, though he was miles away from me, you could hear the roar of that lion. It is said that the lion's roar can, can be as loud as thunder. And he roars to claim his territory, telling every other beast, be it prey or predator, you are in my domain. It is said that lions are one of the only predator cat that, that dwell in community. They they, they are not alone, lion, but they dwell together in, in a pride of almost up to 40 at a time. And so I want you to understand that lions are, are a significant image, uh, a, a character. Uh, you find the, the, the intertwining of the image of a lion throughout the biblical, uh, the, the, the biblical narrative. And the thing that is interesting is, is when we think of a lion, for me, I'll just speak to myself. When I think of a lion, this is the scripture I think of. That, 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 that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But as I began to study the Word of God, this, this message was born in my heart on Tuesday night last week while in prayer. And while I was praying, and I heard this statement, a roaring lion. It, it impressed my mind so greatly that I, I got a pen and I wrote it down, scribbled it out on a piece of paper, a roaring lion. And this scripture was the first scripture that came to mind, but when I meditated upon it, it just did not seem to fit what I was feeling or even what I heard. And so I began to study, and I found that a lion as connected to the devil is a very small percentage of its, of its part of the biblical story. Many times lions in the scripture speak to victory. Lions' mouths that are shut. Lions that are slain. Lions that, that were, that the Bible says that the Judah was called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Even the Lord Himself has identified Himself as a lion. I was sharing this with, with my, my, my niece, uh, my quasi-niece, Anna Shindal. And I said, why do you think that is? We have this one little bad part in all 
It's our nature to focus on the little bad and ignore the lot of good. Did somebody realize that? Satan, the proper name for the fallen angel who is the leading influence in the spiritual world around us. Satan, his name means one who withstands resistance, accusations, doubt. Those are his most common tools in his arsenal. And we see this demonstrated in the book of Job, starting with verse chapter 1 and verse 6. Now there came a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Resister, the one who withstand, Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him. This is God. God is talking about Job. There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught or for nothing? Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now, touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now I want you to see this. God has faith in Job. God looks at the destroyer, the resistor, the one that seeks to tear down what God is trying to do. And he looks at it and says, hey, have you, have you considered my servant Job? He's, he's a good man. And Satan says, Job don't serve you for nothing. He's blessed on every side. He, he, everything that he does is blessed. He's just serving you for the blessing. Let me touch him. And he will curse you. God still has faith in Job. He said, okay. Do your worst. Just don't touch his body. And let's see what happens. And in verse 12 through, through, through verse 19, we read of absolute destruction that happened to everything that Job loved and possessed. And at the conclusion of in verse 20, the Bible tells us what Job's response. Did he curse God to God's face? Look what Job did. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head Brother Noah. And fell down upon the ground and, and worshipped. I, I can just see God looking down and saying, that's, that's my boy. <laughs> In your face, Satan. And in, and in all this, Job said not, nor charge God foolishly. And so another day came, chapter 2, verse 3, that they all happened again. And the Lord looked at Satan and said, Hey, have, how's Job do? Job, the Lord says, Hast thou considered my servant Job? 
that there is none, there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. He is still. Somebody say still. He holdeth fast, fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Satan, never to be cowed, never to see his wrong. He said, skin for skin, let me touch him and he'll curse you. And God said, okay, just don't kill him. So the Bible says that Satan flew, slithered, whatever he did, whatever the, the image you may see, he left the presence of God and he went and he struck Job with, with boils from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. And how bad was it? It was so bad that, that the woman whom Job loved, Job had been married to her for a long time and, and they had had a lot of life and a lot of laughs and a lot of blessing and a lot of goodness. But in the midst of trouble, she looked at him and I would say she almost said it in compassion. Curse God and die, Job. I'm tired of seeing you suffer. And Job says, you are talking like a foolish woman. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And what follows is an illustration for us what we must learn and decide for ourselves. Job has some friends who traveled to see him in this low time. No doubt they come to encourage him. But when they saw him, they were struck dumb. They were speechless. For a little while, and for 37 chapters, they were speaking, but both times they were dumb, struck dumb. And for 37 chapters, they lift up their voice and they accuse Job. And they, they question Job. They, 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 they suspect Job. They're suspicious of Job. And they say, you must have done something wrong because bad things don't happen to good people. They were his friends. They loved him. But at the right moment, his friends became a voice of Satan in Job's life. And it took God Himself to come down and rebuke the voices of Satan who were Job's friends. And, Job, and God Himself contended with Job's friends and said, you are wrong about Job. And Job's your only hope. And God turns around and looks at Job and said, Job, are you going to do to them what they did to you? Or are you going to do for them what I do for you? Pray for your friends. And when Job lifted up his voice and prayed for his faithless, fickle, doubting, accusing friends, it was at that moment that the trouble of Job lifted and the blessing began again. And God demonstrated for Satan. God demonstrated for Job. God demonstrated for Job's wife. God demonstrated for Job's friends. We all have a choice in which voice we will echo. And I'm telling you today, if we're not careful, there will be times of challenge and, and strife and, and difficulty that happens in everyone's life. And if 
I said, roar, roar. You heard it said, hurt people, hurt people. I have a new one. Bless people, bless people. Hurt people, hurt people, bless people, bless people. And can I tell you something? We have all been hurt. You, we've been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated, abused, scorned. I've been up, down, all the way to the ground. We've all been there. We've all been done wrong. And we have all been blessed. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. His mercy is ever new. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm telling you, we have to choose what we marinate our mind and our heart and our life in. You can marinate in the hurt. You can marinate in the pain. You can marinate in the disappointment. You can Somebody say Barnabas. Barnabas. Brother 
word encouragement. We didn't know about him in Matthew. We don't know about him in Mark. We don't know about him in Luke. We don't know about him in John. But here in the very foundational moments of the early church, the, the Bible, God said, I want them to know about Barnabas. I want them to know about Brother Encourager, Brother Encouragement. And here he is. He's introducing in Acts 4. And for 27 more times, you will find his name, Barnabas, 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 Barnabas. For 27, 28 total times, his name reminds us that we have an opportunity to be a part of the solution rather than a part of the problem. You know, there came a time, and then one of the most significant times next, there comes a time when the great persecutor of the church, Saul by name, he even was coming to imprison some more saints. He was there when the beloved Stephen had died. And he is a famous, he's a terrorist to the church. He is an assassin for the church. And they're afraid of him. But there comes word to them that, that Saul, Saul is praying. Heard about Ananias when prayed for baptized. And he got the Holy Ghost. But the church was suspicious. I don't know about that Saul. His name's Paul. I don't know. I don't care what he calls himself. He's a devil. He beat my dad. He stole my brother. He imprisoned my cousin. I don't want nothing to do with him. But Barnabas went to Saul and brought him back to the church and said, Hey, everybody, I talked to him. His name's Paul. Everybody say, Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Paul said, Hello, everybody. Hello. And he, 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 brought, he brought this man into fellowship with the church. Because Barnabas said, You know what? I'm going to give my voice to be a voice of encouragement. Imagine just what if there had not been a Barnabas for Saul. What if no one would have, it was only one, but it only takes one to make a difference. You say, well, nobody else is doing it. It only takes one. And I want to be the one that will stand in the gap and say, hey, everybody, I believe that God's hand is on this person's life. Hey, everybody, I believe God has a plan for this person's life. Hey, Sleep. They don't have no hobbies. They don't have no friends. 
They just steady. I'm going to pray all the time. I'm going to fast all the time. I'm going to read my Bible all the time. I'm preach all the time. I don't need no vacation. I don't, I don't need no stay. I don't, you know, some people are just. Right. And I just think John Mark's like, dude, I am tired and I am going home. Yeah. I'll be back. But Paul said, when he came back, I, look, boy, you disappointed me. And if you disappoint me once, I am marking you off my old team. You can't come back. Anybody know somebody like that? But Barnabas said, hey, buddy, you, you need to go take a chill pill. This is a good boy. I, I think there's a gospel in this boy. John Mark that wrote the gospel of Mark, this is the guy. Paul didn't want nothing to do with Even though there was a time when nobody wanted to do anything with Paul, here he is. He is committing the very sin other people forget. For, right. 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 You know, it's very easy for us to forget what it's like to be on the outside Amen. when we're on the inside. Right. You know, we can get harder on Paul, but if we're not honest, we might forget just how hard-hearted we can be right. even after God has touched our heart. Here, Barnabas says, Hey, Paul, you and Silas, you got a work to do, but I see something in Mark. I would rather leave you, Silas, and me and Mark go do something together than for us to leave him alone and be rejected and have a stain that, that he couldn't be used by God because he messed up. I'm going to go with Mark, you go with Silas. And we see that though there was a personal falling out, they were still in the body of Christ together. They were still preaching the same gospel. And I guess if there was a general conference, they still went to the same general conference. They just decided, you know what? For a season, we're going to do something else. Somebody, I, I, want you to, I want you to think about this. Who will I give my voice to? I want to give my voice to those who need an encourager. Amen. I want to be a difference maker. I don't want to just be part of the crowd that, that looks back, stands back and says, well, I hope they can make it. Well, I'm praying for them. Sure was good to see them. Hey, see you next Sunday. And never recognize that you could make a difference in the life of someone who God is bringing into the kingdom. To make a difference for someone that is coming back to the kingdom after being away for a season. I, I have made up in my mind that I am going to be a voice that will roar for the lost. I am going to be a voice that's going to roar for my lost family. I'm going to be a voice that will roar in prayer. I will be a voice that will roar in intercession. Because I know on so many occasions somebody roars There's a story. We're very familiar with it. David and Goliath. Y'all ever heard of that? Yeah, David and Goliath. Young man, full of men, bigger in vitality. Young and strong. Nobody else believed he could do it, but he believed God could do it. He went out there and he met old Goliath. That big old 9, 10, 11 foot tall man. Big old heavy thing. Big old sword, uh, huge, 
spear. His, his shield was so heavy that the whole man had to carry it. David ran up the hill just before he got to the healing. There's a stream. They reached down and he picked up a stone. One, oh, two, three, four, five. Put the four in the bag and put the one in the sling and he went running. You come against me with sword and shield. You've been blaspheming the armies of God. And I'm not going to stand by and let you, let you attack them and let you criticize them and let you defame them. I come to you in the name of the God of Israel and in the name of Jesus. Shut your power. And that rock pegged him in the forehead. He fell to the ground. David wasn't going to stand by and watch and see what happened. He ran up there, took the giant sword, and cut off his head. That'll fix it. God used and blessed David for many years. But there came a day, 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 21, many years later, the Bible gives us a summary. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. David went down with his servants and uh, with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Ishbanab, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear was very heavy, and he was girded with a new sword and thought to have slain David. The giant killer was out there fighting the giant. And the Bible says he thought he was going to slay him. But Abishai, the son of Zerah, Secured him, saved him, smote the Philistines and killed him. Then the men of David swear to him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this, there was again a battle with the Philistines and God. Then someone with a complicated name, Slusah, which was of the sons of Giant. And it goes on, it basically tells us that Goliath had four sons. Remember he picked up five stones? The, the giant had four sons. And there came a day when the sons of the giant grew up and they, I guess they had a problem with David because David had taken the father out. There came a day when the giant killer was weak. There came a day when, when, when the king of Israel wasn't on his job, on the, on the top of his game. But someone said, I am not going to stand by and let a man of God, I'm not going to stand by and let my brother in the Lord, I'm not going to stand by and watch God's man go down because he's weak and he's being overcome. There were men that stood up and said, I will roar for the church. I will roar for the man of God. I'm telling you today, we got to make up in our mind. We can't fight these giants by ourselves sometimes. The Bible says, ye that are strong, uphold them that are weak. And I just feel like the Lord would say to you, amen, God has given you a voice. And either you can be a voice and that echoes the voice of the critic, echoes the voice of, of, of the criticizer, echoes the voice of the resistance, echoes the voice of the accuser, or we can be the voice of God. Right. The Bible says that I write to you that you sin not. But if you sin, somebody say if you sin. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a 
chance that's going to happen. He said, you have an advocate with Father. And so we know that the devil is an accuser. And Jesus is an advocate. And I'm telling you today, God has given every one of us the voice of a lion. A voice that can be heard miles away. A voice that can have great power and authority. And we can either give our voice to that negativity that is swirling in our world, or we can give our voice. Hear the voice of God concerning Job. He is a good man. He don't serve me for nothing. He serves me because He loves me. Didn't get weak. Didn't get tired. Thank God His faithless, uh, doubting, critical friends didn't add their voice to the devil. Thank God that that didn't kill Job. That would kill a lot of people. There's a lot of people today not living for God because maybe they didn't have someone to stand in the gap for them. But by the help and grace of God, if we are in the vicinity when trouble is happening, we are going to give our voice to the voice of God to be an advocate, to be an intercessor, to be that, that, that spirit that God would use to bring about a difference in someone's life. Can we give God praise right now? Amen. I will roar against the devil. I'm going to give my voice to the purpose and the will of God. Do you feel that way? Can we stand together and just raise our hands and tell the Lord, for you, I will roar. I give my voice to you. I give my hands to you. I give my heart to you. I give my spirit to you. All that I am and all that I ever hope to be. God, I want to roar for you. I want to roar for my kids. I want to roar for my church family. I want to roar for my community. Roar! Roar! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray for my community today. I pray, oh God, that you would send an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon every soul, upon every family, Lord, on every community, every race, Lord, every culture, Lord God, every uh, uh, economic status, those that have jobs and those that are unemployed, those that are elders and those that are young, those that are in the middle, the married and the unmarried, Lord God, the people that are like me and the people that are so much different than me. God, I want to give my voice to the voice of an intercessor. I want to make a difference, God. Let me hear what the Spirit says. Let me hear what the Spirit says. Let me hear what the Spirit says. And let me give my voice to echo it. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray. For God to give us a Barnabas anointing. An anointing of encouragement. Not that we would just be encouraged, but that we would have the spirit of encouragement in our lips. How many of you want that to happen? I'm going to pray it in the name of Jesus. Father, you have heard the word of God. That word I believe you've put in my heart. And Lord Jesus, I pray that it would make a difference 
for me. I pray that it would make a difference in my church family. God, I pray that it, oh God, would change the way I see things. Lord, it would change the way I think about things. That it would change the way I, I, I approach things. God, that I would see people through the eyes of God like you saw Job. Lord God, as you saw Saul, as you saw Mark, God, as you saw David, Lord God, help me to see people through the redemptive work of God. Not what is and not what has been, but what can be if the grace of God will work. In the name of Jesus, touch my mind, touch my soul, touch my spirit, and give me an anointing and prayer and intercession to pray things into reality for those that are weak and overcome. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord praise? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, as I meditated on this message that day, Wednesday, from Tuesday night, the early mornings of Wednesday and throughout the day, I struggled in my mind and my heart. Lord, what does this mean? What does this mean? What, what, what are you trying to say to me? It was late, late on Wednesday afternoon when it all just kind of synced together in my mind. And I knew, I knew what God was saying. And the last thing I want this to be is just a, a sermon. Just a connection of scriptures and thoughts. Something that might touch someone's mind. But I want the Lord to touch our hearts. And change anything in us that maybe need a little, a little adjustment. Just a little adjustment. We just pray for ourselves right now. Lord, I pray for me. Lord, I pray for me. God, forgive me, Lord, for every situation that I've missed because I was seeing wrong. Forgive me for every idea, every thought, every opinion that I shared that it wasn't helpful to the situation. Lord Jesus, God, it, it might have been hurtful to someone. Forgive me today for every unfitly spoken word. God, I pray that you would fill my mouth with fitly spoken words. Fill my mouth with fitly spoken words and help me to speak them. Lord, let me not be guilty as I have been so many times in the past. Help me not to be guilty that when you give me a word of encouragement that I would hold it in say I'd wait or I'll write it down and days, weeks goes by and maybe I share it but I miss the moment help me Lord Jesus not to be slow and, and obeying the simple directions 